0: Hello everyone, I'm Pam LaRicchia and this is episode number 89 of the podcast. It's the 13th of September, 2017, as I record this intro. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jan Hunt. Jan is the founder of The Natural Child Project, a website that houses a wonderful collection of unschooling and parenting articles that she started back in 1996. She also has two unschooling books out, The Natural Child and The Unschooling Unmanual, Plus, a children's book, A Gift for Baby. Her unschooled son, Jason, is now in his 30s. Jan graciously agreed to answer 10 questions about her unschooling experience. As a quick personal update, I just want to remind you that tomorrow, Friday, September 15th, is the last day to sign up for the Childhood Redefined Online Summit and get the early discount. Pre-registration ends Friday at midnight Eastern, and the summit officially launches Saturday. You can get all the details at childhoodredefined.com. And I got my edits on the Unschooling Journey book back from my editor a couple of days ago, and I'm relieved to see that I don't need to entirely rewrite the book. (laughs) She shared some great comments, sometimes asking me if I really meant what I said there and pointing out places where she felt confused or I might want to expand on that thought. I might have lingered a time or two where she said, love this sentence and beautiful. I'm really excited to dive back into the book in the next few days and get it all polished up and ready for publishing. And I want to say thank you to everyone who has chosen to support the show on Patreon. And a big warm welcome to new patron, Musetta Cromer. I hope I pronounced your name properly, and I also hope that we managed to keep this lovely surprise for you, courtesy of your husband, Ted. Welcome to the podcast crew, Musetta I say it every week, and I mean it every time. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. You guys inspire me, and I love that you're helping me share unschooling information with anyone who wants to explore ways to live this wonderful lifestyle with their family. And if you'd like to support the show, even for as little as a dollar a month, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week's quote is from Jan. I think children are very adept at hearing our hidden messages, regardless of how carefully we phrase it. When we tell a child that a certain activity is required, we imply that it must be so unpleasant or difficult we would never want to do it. No one has ever required a child to eat ice cream. It is not that we should never make suggestions, but it is that we should never anticipate or expect a particular response or be disappointed. I just loved that observation. The image of insisting a child eat a bowl of ice cream flashed in my mind when we were speaking and it was powerful for me. And it's worth repeating. When we tell a child that a certain activity is required, we imply that it must be so unpleasant or difficult that we would never want to do it. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? And now, on to the interview with Jan. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam LaRicchia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Jan Hunt. Hi, Jan. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Jan is the founder of The Natural Child Project, which houses a wonderful collection of unschooling and parenting articles. She also has two books out right now, The Natural Child and The Unschooling Unmanual, I'm really excited to chat with her about her unschooling experiences. And I have 10 questions for you, Jan, so let's dive okay. in. Okay. Uh, question number one, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Okay.
1: Um, I have just one child, Jason, who's in his 30s now, never has been in school, I used to say he's never been in a school building even, <laughs> but then I remembered that one day I went to vote in a in a, at, at a school and I took him with me so he has been in a school building but, but he's never been in school, and he's um I call him my unschooling poster child i mean he's just a terrific person um, and wonderful heart and Brilliant. (laughs) I could just go on and on. But um, it's uh, the proof is in the pudding. And and he and he's, you know, one of many examples of that.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. I I love hearing from uh, unschooled young adults and adults because it's so fun to discover people who've been through the process. Right. And yes. They're wonderful human beings. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Question number two, what did your family's move to unschooling look like? How did you find out about unschooling?
1: When I was pregnant, (laughs) um, we started looking at Waldorf and Montessori schools. And, you know, so very early. So, I mean, I spent quite a number of uh, the first couple of years um, looking into those schools, um, because my my husband and I had both worked for public schools, so we knew that public school was out ah. <laughs> we, we had seen too much you know behind the scenes um, and and had experienced it ourselves so so that left Montessori and Waldorf, or so we thought and then um, when we moved we moved from Ontario to b c and somehow met somebody who was um, a homeschooler, and I wanted to know more about that, although I really was convinced that I couldn't do it, because when I thought about homeschooling, I thought probably what a lot of new people think is, oh my gosh, all that work, I have to be a teacher you know, I can be a, have to be a mother and a teacher, mm-hmm. and I'm not organized enough to do that. <laughs> I, I can't handle all that paperwork, and, and how do I do that? How do I even know what to teach? And, you know, I had this whole paradigm from school about that's what I thought homeschooling was. And um, fortunately, the group that I found uh, in Victoria were basically unschoolers, although that term wasn't around yet. Um, So so we just got lucky that we found the right group of people who um, not only gave us the right answers to our questions, but whose own children were the proof in the pudding. Again, they were just so sweet and kind. Um, They got along well. They were helping each other. They weren't fighting. Um, It was just an eye-opener. And so really from that point on, we became what we what some of us called John Holt homeschoolers or organic homeschoolers. There were several terms that were used um, before the term unschooling came in. Ah. And I kind of wish there were a different a different term for it. You know, it's still school based. The term itself is still has the word school in it. And I kind of wish there were something else that we could use, but but um but by now it's it's become kind of an accepted term, and now people know where to go for that kind of information
0: and that came from John Holt <laughs> uh the term unschool yeah i I'm, I'm I think it did uh, yeah i that's my impression uh, anyway that uh, he came yeah. up with that um, at the time, okay, if I remember the story which I originally mm-hmm. read on Sandra Dodd's website um, okay. it was he was coming up. Trying to come up with a term that it, that um, just explained the concept easily, and there was the whole um, Seven Up being the uncola,
1: right? A- and, yes, that's right. I yeah. remember that now. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. and so he's like, "How do I juxtapose against school to give the impression that we're this is what we're not doing?" And I think that was kind of before the whole, um, you know, homeschooling curriculum. Um, mm. uh, Industry developed, maybe, right, right? You know what I mean. So that yeah. um, there was really only school or or not doing school. There was no here. You mm-hmm. can buy, get these supplies and do school at home. So right. I think maybe the school right. at home thing came a little bit later. Right. Uh, but Absolutely. yeah, no, that's fascinating. I love that you found people. I mean, I did not find people, and my kids mm. went to school for a few years before I um, came across. Uh, the the fact that and I'm in Ontario the fact that mm-hmm. um, homeschooling was was even a possibility so I yeah. love that you found a group of people
1: yeah we were, we got really lucky that way
0: <laughs> yeah uh, question number three I want to talk about your fantastic website the Natural Child Project Thank you. A- It's at naturalchild.org for people, and I will put links to everything in the show notes. And that's been around since 1996, right? 96, right? 96, yeah. Because I know, 96. We in December of 96, almost
1: 97. We. Got on the internet and started our website the same day. <laughs> how That's we did that?
0: Awesome.
1: <laughs> and I, um, and yeah. it's funny. I I really had nothing. I had no big picture in mind at all. I just wanted mm-hmm. to put something up there. And so we put up a page, and it had links to I think three of my articles, and I thought that was it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was telling someone about it who was giving awards to websites back when they used to do that. Yeah. And he said, um, looks like a good start. You know, get back to me when you have a, a, a website. And I didn't know what he was talking about. So I, said, I had it. There it is. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> my one page website. There it is. And so I, then I finally learned that that's not really a website. You need, you know, a lot more. Things So I started putting more of my articles and then I started finding other articles by other people like you that I liked and would ask permission for. Um, And then when we, once we started publishing books, we um, would list the books. By the way, we have three books. Oh, Um, sorry. Yeah. The third third one one? is um, not as well known. I don't know. It's it's kind of different though. It's a children's picture book called A Gift for Baby. Oh, yes. And it's, it's a children's picture book with a surprise ending, um, a typical fun children's book, except what's different is that it shows in the pictures and in the messages um,
0: attachment parenting going on in that family. Oh, sweet. So, That's cool. Yeah, I remember yeah. Um, back, so when I discovered uh, that homeschooling was an option and was looking for information, I came across your website. So that was back in 2002. And oh yeah, I remember uh, that the articles were very reassuring and very helpful. I think Earl oh, Stevens, okay. what is unschooling was was there already by yeah. that time. That was that was a classic one for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and when, when I discovered uh, homeschooling at that time, because um, it, my eldest wasn't meshing well with school, uh, with mm-hmm. the environment. So, you know, I was uh, looking around for information and that's when I came across uh, homeschooling. And one of your essays made a lot of sense to me back then. Um, it was Learning Disability Arose by Another Name. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a wonderful. I'm glad you liked that. Yeah, I was wondering if you could share that rose analogy and why it it fits so well with that topic in general, right?
1: Yeah, because children are like roses, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> and beautiful <laughs> and and delicate, and you know we need to um, love them and be careful with them, like we are with roses and and they um and just like roses they reflect their origins you know they reflect the the uh kind of upbringing they've had especially in the first 3 years um and you know horticulturists talk about that all the time that to have a good strong tree you have to have a very very strong sapling and give it all the water and fertilizer and sunshine that it needs and meet its needs early on um and it's the same with children, you know. I don't know if you want to get into politics, but we have a good example of that not happening in the US now, um where he had a very difficult childhood. Um so, but so that's why I chose the, that analogy is that it's just um so critical. Uh, we have a we have a web an, an article on our website about peace through um peaceful a peaceful world through peaceful parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, that we worked on for six months, <laughs> Jason and I, wow. um, and, that's, and that's our answer to, you know, how do we prevent all of these hate groups and all of this difficulty that, that people are experiencing these days, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. There's just so much um, dissension and wars and hate and And where does that all come from? You know, it all comes from their childhood, and no one's looking at that. No one's looking at how to prevent. They're only looking at how to try to cure it, how to fix it. And after a certain point, you can't fix it. You know, um, Elliot Barker has a lot to say about that. We have several of his articles on our website. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to have more because we've actually taken the collection of his articles um, to add to ours. So that's why rose. That was a good question. <laughs> that's why I chose rose. Okay, because it, it's such a good analogy to children.
0: It is. I, and I I love the whole like gardening analogy, right? Because like you said, you know, you get you you know, equating it to like giving lots of water, cultivating the soil, giving giving um and and supporting all that it needs to grow. Right. Yet you're not controlling what it grows into right right so. the rose the rose grows the way that rose right. is going to grow <laughs> and it'll grow into the best version of itself of if itself. it just what yeah. it needs early exactly because it's, if it's not wanting um for any one particular resource mm-hmm. then it can take in what what works best for it right exactly turning that to children you know maybe yeah. uh because children have such different personalities right and even you know i have 3 kids and the way i um in a from a gardening perspective would support each one of them mm-hmm. um you know would okay, let's say the way I would support each one of them would be the same, like giving them the most of what they need, but what they take or what they personally need is different, right? So maybe one needs a lot more attention and one-on-one time and just physical contact, whereas somebody else you know, wants you just nearby and they're, they're more of a explorer early on, you know, and, but they want to be able to come back whenever they need and have your attention. You know, what, what children need is, is different. Mm-hmm. They're a individual. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like a unique rose yet, um, you know, being there to give them whatever it is that they need is Mm -hmm. is uh, a common role right No, and being alert to you know what is it that they need you know yeah yeah paying attention like so you know even again in gardening if you see some it wilting or you know other problems that it's having with pests or whatever you react to that and help nurture that so that they right well i actually have a little um pattern
1: that i give to my clients Mm-hmm. Um, if they're in a situation they don't know what to do. Um, and it's identify the feeling, validate the feeling, mm-hmm. identify the need, meet the need, and apologize if needed. So yeah. those are the steps. I'm going to turn that into a poster, I think, <laughs> because that's what people forget, you know, that because because of the way we were all raised. Uh, very few adults, you know, these days had, had childhoods that, you know, it just the information just wasn't there. Not mm-hmm. blaming—it's not to blame their parents, but the information just wasn't there, like it is now. Absolutely but, not to blame, um, but
0: yeah, to understand. Yeah, but um,
1: but, in, but instead, so instead, because of the way we were raised, we were, we have a tendency to repeat what we learned uh, from our parents, and very few of us had parents that would try to identify our feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, they would express their feelings. <laughs> yeah. um, they wouldn't identify our needs. They would express their needs. And um, so this is, uh, I think this is sort of a very critical um, piece of advice that I give my clients.
0: Yeah. And, I, and like you said, because it's not something we really experienced or learned growing up, it that's a big part of the de-schooling process as we, you know, come to oh, schooling, exactly. isn't it? Oh, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing yeah we because growing up if we went to school we were taught subliminally <laughs> that school is necessary and important and mm-hmm. and to be respected and and that the teachers know what they're doing um they know how best to help you learn and they know what you should learn and when and where and all of that is wrong <laughs> and yeah. yet we were brainwashed into believing that you know and it, and and it's because i also went to school i i had I had some kind of learning curve too in the beginning, you know, that I was tempted to think about what kind of, what books do I need and what, you know, instead of following his interests. Yeah. Um it's it's really kind of a, a process that we you know everyone has to go through no matter how convinced they are of the philosophy they have to go through a de-schooling process and and somehow forget all of the those lessons that school taught us that are just ingrained in us now. It's really, you know, it's it's tough.
0: They are ingrained because I mean those are the kinds of messages we get everywhere. And so it is yeah. so hard to, mm-hmm. to um And actually, this leads nicely in the next question. But it is so hard to say, OK, you know, no, I'm going to because like you said, you can understand it and think this is awesome. But to actually um, do it day in and day out that right. takes that takes yet another level yeah. of understanding yeah. doesn't it Be- to see right. it play out in your lives and to see how it works and go oh yeah okay right. this and and this is where um cuz you can understand the conventional expectations too and the conventional yeah. under- because that's the environment in which oh yeah the whole environment
1: 99% of the people around you you know think you're crazy and <laughs> it's it makes it makes it hard but but these days you know from just everything you said before the, before the podcast started, we, that there is just so much interest now in unschooling Mm -hmm. and there's so many more people, um, starting it. It's, it's terrific. So that's, that's going to change. And, and the children who are unschooling now will have it relatively easy. (laughs) You know, they won't have to
0: unlearn
1: what, what, what are they de-schooling from? They won't have to unlearn Mm -hmm. Uh, anything. They won't have, you know, so it's going to make a huge, huge difference just in one generation, you know, Jason. Um, he's already told one interviewer, "Of course, I would be unschooling my kids," and he would, and he would know exactly how to go about it in the best way. Um, so, so it's really just our generation. We're we're the unlucky ones that that we were sort of caught in the middle of between school and unschool, and um, we're the ones who have to somehow figure that out. You know, and recognize when things are not. Going well, and figure out what we're doing wrong that might have something to do with our school, our schooling.
0: I know it's amazing to think that school is relatively new, in the grand scheme of things, right? Because it's oh yeah, in so the ubiquitous. grand scheme, <laughs> everybody was unschooling. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, you know, and even
1: today, um, you when know, every now and then they find a, um, a, a an undiscovered tribe of people. Um, and those kids know everything, <laughs> you know, they're, they're cl- classic unschoolers because they're just learning by doing and by, um, seeing what other people are doing. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it was very, very natural. That's why I kind of, if I, if we could change the name, I, I would, why I would change it to something along the lines of natural learning, mm-hmm. um, because it is natural and, and did go on for many, many, many years, um. And people forget that they, you know, the person, average person, you know, would think that school has been around forever Mm -hmm. and and not not to have that kind of historical perspective. It's not, you know, not very common that people recognize that, that in the grand scheme of things, it's just a, you know, a blip on the scale.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like an experiment. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, unschooling it's an experiment really aligns- that has gone wrong. And exactly. And, and now we're trying to fix that. Yeah. it—it yeah. unschooling definitely aligns with, I think, with how human beings are wired to learn. Like you said. Oh, yeah, of course. Obviously, right? obviously. if you yeah, watch any
1: two year old, exactly. you know, yeah. I, that's, you know, and I think I put that in every every time I give a talk, you know, just watch a two year old exploring in a room Um they don't need tests and they don't need you know, <laughs> people telling them what to, what to look at or, or what to examine. They, they want to learn about everything and they, they're just mm-hmm. so enthused. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, school, that's what, that's what school kills, you know, can really um, destroy that kind of natural curiosity um, by telling them that they're learning the wrong things. So you have to learn what I'm telling you to learn. And what you're, what you want to learn, is not as important as what I want you to learn. And all of those messages, it's just terrible that it, and that's what destroys the, the children's natural curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's really sad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, we should probably move on. Question five. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, trust is such a key component of our unschooling lives, and I was hoping you could talk a bit about how you develop trust in unschooling <laughs> and in Jason.
1: <laughs> well, I have to laugh because I, it's just kind of a little funny story that I tell my clients when, when that topic comes up. Yeah. Um, one day when he was, well, I'm trying to think how old he was. He wasn't even two yet. Um, maybe 18 months. And he was in a corner of our living room, sitting on a floor playing with blocks. Mm-hmm. And... Recently, he had you know he he was very extremely verbal. I should add. I mean, he was just had a huge vocabulary by eighteen months, um, which is fine. <laughs> not necessary. I'm not bragging. I just that's just Jason. Um, yep. And that was his his uh, his schedule. Everyone has their own schedule. Um, so he had this huge vocabulary, and so I was, and he had just um, been learning about colors, names of colors. So, I was I was I I got really smart. I said, Oh, I'm going to ask him a te- I'm going to give him a test question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said um, he was playing with a, a a red block, and I was really curious to know whether the word red was in his vocabulary yet. So, oh boy, I'll test him. <laughs> and so I said as so I pointed to it, and I said, Jason, what's that? And he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he said rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that he knew that word and I just remember saying to myself, okay, I guess I don't need to test him. <laughs> I guess I can I guess I can trust him to, you know, figure things out on his own and I mean I I don't remember ever telling him that word. You know, probably got it from Sesame Street or something. But it was just, you know, just a lesson to me that I could I could trust him. It was just a, funny. I mean, it's just a one little one little um experience like that but it made a, it really had a big impact on me I thought it just made me feel very silly and and wrong you know and um and, and kind of showed me how school had gotten me into a testing you know that of course you have to test them of course you have to know what they're knowing and what they don't know and you know
0: <laughs> and if it was a test he would have got it wrong
1: oh my god you were looking if for the color grade
0: and you know? Yeah, because you were looking for that answer, and it wasn't the that's answer right, yeah. that he was supposed to get. And
1: in then. school, and in school, rectangle would have been the wrong answer. That's what's so sad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> because we've yeah, talked yeah. enough about school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I that's one thing I think is really fun, and and probably really hard about the de-schooling journey for people is because there's never one right answer or revelation for everybody, right? Right. I find it's just, you were just ready in that moment to make, you know, the general you, not just you, you as well, but Mm -hmm. ready to make that connection, right? To gain that insight, to realize what you were doing and to um, Mm -hmm. take something new from that answer. You know, because yeah. maybe three weeks before you'd asked him a similar question and it didn't you didn't realize that you were kind of doing that. And yeah. his answer didn't strike you as anything different because he just said, you know, red or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, do you want to drink, Et cetera? But yeah. it, that's what's so fun about the whole de-schooling journey to me anyway, is yeah. the to, to find what these like everyday little moments are. Um but at that moment that you're ready to really process what that means it, for the aha moment, yeah. right? Yeah. For that aha moment. Yeah, but moment. I guess it yeah, that's right, but you have to be kind of you have to have some kind of openness yes. um
1: to to learning from those mm-hmm. experiences.
0: You know, and I think that's how trust develops. You have to be paying attention, yeah. right? To yeah. see, you have to be looking at actions and reactions and being mm-hmm. open to seeing them more than just through kind of that school filter, right? Right. Like if, you're, if you're just looking for learning to look like school, you're going to have a hard time understanding and seeing unschooling happening yeah. day to day, right. aren't
1: you? Yeah. Sandra has a really good article on that. I
0: think we've got it on our website about
1: um, it, it may not look like, I can't remember what the title is, something it,
0: I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I'll put the really, link in the show notes. one of
1: her brilliant articles. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, I'll make a, yeah. Make a note for that. I'll make a <laughs> I'll note. i remember to ask you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, you have a book, another, uh, The Natural Child, Parenting yes. from the Heart, that I want to get into, and that's a collection of your essays about parenting and education, in, it's parenting
1: the, education and child advocacy those
0: three yeah and which
1: advocacy. are the same three topics on our website mm-hmm.
0: um i really like the introduction there was a point you made um about about attachment parenting or empathetic parenting and how that's often considered new age but is actually kind of old age and yeah. we we touched on this i think uh just a little bit ago but mm-hmm. I was hoping you could kind of go into a bit more what you mean by empathic parenting.
1: Empathic parenting actually came from Elliot Barker. That was his website, Empathic Parenting. It's, the website is gone, but we've taken the content, so we'll be gradually mm-hmm. putting it into our site. Okay. Um, but that was his, that was his uh, description, which I've always really loved. I think it really puts the emphasis on empathy, which is, um, I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't think of a better a better emphasis to have, yeah. Um, and he, um, just very briefly, his his background. He's a psychiatrist, forensic psychiatrist here in Canada, um, who worked at a uh, psychiatric ward or unit um, at Pentagruaching. Is that I think it's in Ontario. Do you mm-hmm. know the name of that <laughs> um, hospital? For um, for prisoners for for criminals, ah. and so he um, spent several years trying, <laughs> you know, to fix these guys and and getting very very frustrated because it was too late, and he you know he just no matter what he did no matter what kind of approach he used um, he could just couldn't make very much headway, and so finally one day he just said okay that's it. Um, I'm not going to try to repair anymore, I'm going to, I'm going to work on the prevention end. And so he started the Empathic Parenting website and started writing articles about that. Um, and they're wonderful articles, he's just a terrific person, um, and putting the emphasis exactly where it needs to be in the very first three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an article by him, The Critical Importance of Mothering, on our website, um, which I highly recommend that he just in a very short article, really spells it out um, makes it very clear just how critical that time period is, and that afterwards it 's very very difficult to put put it in after um, at at one point in the article, I think he even says that you can 't you know he he was really i <clears throat> I hope, hope he 's wrong about that but but he was very um you know, what's the word? He was just so discouraged by, and disappointed by the, his experience with uh, with these prisoners and mm. criminals um, that he just, you know, he finally realized that we we've got to, as a as a culture, we really need to start looking at those first three years. And the problem with that is that, poli- in politics, um, politicians are usually in office for four to eight years. And they want to show change they want to show improvement during their time in office and how do you do that when you 're you know you can't can 't say well i 'm going to um, start this um, parenting class for pregnant mm-hmm. women who or in families who can Learn about the critical importance of the first three years, and then um, you know, and then we'll check. It, then we'll take a look at those kids twenty years later. You know, <laughs> that's the way yeah. to do it. But how do you? you a politician isn't going to be interested in that. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it, it would take a very rare kind of politician um, to be to, to to even understand that, let alone do that sort of study. Um, but that's what needs to be done, and it's 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 too bad that it's. It's really hard to do that kind of thing. Now they want, you know, immediate answers. They want research that takes one week, and (laughs) Mm,
0: they—it's just um, immediate results. I don't know what
1: the answer to that is, but it's it's
0: frustrating because we know
1: we know that those three years are so
0: critical. I like the emphasis on empathy. Right. That you mentioned, because, yeah. when you look at that, there's I mean, there's where your your validation really um, works. That's mm-hmm. where your connection gets really strong with your mm-hmm. child when of you course. can meet them where they are and be and with feel them what they're feeling. That, yeah. You and, can and feel what they're
1: feeling. Then you understand their feeling.
0: Yeah. You know? And it's, I mean, so- it's not like taking it on and and. Acting that way yourself, but it's totally understanding and and feeling feeling it with them so that you can right. join them there right? right um yeah so that and, you know what they're feeling and you can yeah.
1: help them and then you can help but if you don't know what someone's feeling, how can you help you don't have, you know
0: it's it's that's yeah because your' all your suggestions won't really connect with them because right. they're they're coming from where you are and and right? and, and
1: your suggestions just come
0: from your unquestioned assumptions.
1: <laughs> that yes, could very from your well be. Completely right? wrong. You
0: yeah. you really need to um the way I talk about it is see through see things through your child's eyes. Right. Right? Exactly. So it's not about like, you know, how we say walk in somebody's shoes, et cetera. So often we just say, well if I was in that situation, I would do this. But no, you're not that you're one not in that, that situation. And, and you're
1: not that person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can tell but you another little story.
1: A little yeah. story about that. Um, one day when Jason was a baby, um, I was um, having lunch at a restaurant with my brother-in-law and who had no children. And um, Jason had um, picked up something. I can't remember what it was, a napkin or something, and would drop it on the floor. And I would pick it up and give it to him. And he would drop it back on the floor, and then I would pick it up and give it to him. And this went on for like 10 minutes. (laughs) 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 My brother-in-law is looking at me like I'm insane. Um, And so I realized that he thought maybe I was spoiling Jason or am I, you know, what am I doing? Right. Uh And I said, I just said, he's learning about gravity. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, (laughs) you know, he, he hadn't, you know, he had no empathy because he had no children and he had spent much time with children. Mm -hmm. He, he thought he was being bad. You know, he was. He thought yeah. Jason's making more work for his mom, and his I mom know, is right? not punishing him, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for that, so yeah, it's. That's um, but funny. By that, that time, that I re- had enough empathy with Jason to know he was he was checking things out. He was learning why is this falling down? You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And eventually, you get to the point when. You've had that experience and realize that enough time you, that that it's okay even if you don't know quite what they're getting out of it. But if they're still yeah. pursuing it and yeah. doing it, that's you know, real they're getting something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and even rem- now, even even these
1: days, you know, yeah, like in the thirties, and I'm going, oh, why are you doing that? Oh, I see. You
0: know, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a story of, I could. This one stood out because, like you, it was just something I do. We were. Um, is that the, the pool? Um, and my daughter was in the pool. And what, yeah. I think I had like the, um, maybe it was like the net, you know, on a long handle. And uh, my mm-hmm. mom was over visiting. And so Lissy kept um, coming over and I was kept lifting up the the pole with the net on it to lift mm-hmm. her up out of the water and let her down, mm-hmm. up and down. And she just like kept swimming back to it for me to lift up. And The whole time, like, literally, again, for like another 10 minutes, I was lifting Mm -hmm. Lissy up and down and up and down and chatting with my mom. And eventually my mom's like, I can't believe you're still doing that. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you have so much patience. And I'm like, patience? Patience, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, same thing. I had a, a friend visiting once when Jason was three and I don't even remember what was happening. It was just like normal life for us, whatever I was doing mm-hmm. or saying to him or, yeah. you know, or that I was listening to him or whatever I was doing. That's sort of out of the ordinary. Um, and, yeah, she said, oh, you're so patient. And I and all I could think was, isn't that wonderful? I'm teaching him patience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, what, what's the problem with being patient with a child, you know? So you teach yeah. him to be a patient person, right?
0: Yeah, they're just, like, just living with you, being with you in the day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's very cool. <laughs> that was a fun memory. Uh, let's. I wanted to touch on the Unschooling Unmanual book, uh, Nurturing okay. Children's Natural Love of Learning, Right, uh, which I love. That's a very fun title. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah, that came to your, me in the middle of the night. I actually sat oh, up yeah. in bed, and I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love those little... Uh-huh Aha yeah. moments, right? Like, uh-huh. I make a quick note and go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your essay in there is titled uh, "How Do We Know They're Learning?" and mm-hmm. I think that question is so integral to yeah. the again learning about unschooling that deschooling process because we are so used to testing. You know, that's such a yeah. common question. Well, do you test? Well, how do kids? we
1: know if we don't test? I mean, because that's that's all we learned in school. That's, is that's all the way, we know, The only right? way that a teacher knows that you're learning is by testing. And giving everybody mm-hmm. the same test, and I mean, it, just, it makes no sense. But that's what we were taught, you know.
0: So, how do um, you answer that?
1: I don't know. What did I say in the article? <laughs> 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 I can't remember. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, well, how again, would you answer it, it if just... somebody came up to you on the street, yeah, and asked you, "How do you know they're learning if you don't test them?" Uh, well, there's so many
1: ways. Um, I, okay, now I remember something in my article. I was I was saying you know that they're reading because they bring you a letter and they say this is for you, not for me. Um, you know you, you you know that they're reading when they come up to you and and start reading a book out loud. Um, you know that they are getting comfortable with numbers when they figure out that someone's birthday is so many days ahead of theirs. And, you know, it's just, it's just part of life. It's just, it's, again, it's like Sandra. I keep thinking about her because that's what she, that's, that's her main topic, isn't it? That, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just life. We just live life and we just, we don't mess it up with tests and with um, testing is very um, untrusting. Testing, testing means I don't trust you. I don't believe that you know this. And that's the main problem with tests for me is if you're testing a child, they either know it or they don't know it. Mm-hmm. If they know it, what's the, nothing, there's nothing gained. They still know it. They already knew it. If they don't know it, they get embarrassed and frustrated and angry. And that's, and that's the big problem in schools is that the kids with the poorest grades um, you know, are are the ones that drop out and 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 lose their love of learning mm-hmm. pretty quickly because it's been painful for them.
0: You know, I so. love the love seeing it as living. You know, I've so yeah. many blog posts, and I swear at the end of each one, whatever the topic, invariably at the end, I end up saying like, "Unschooling is living," <laughs> yeah, because it is. no matter where you come at it, it comes back to. It's just living. Right. 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 Yep. And I think because for me, um, how do we know they're learning? Like you were saying, so much of it is just observing the living. Right. Yeah. When I'm when I'm asked the question out and about, I'll often um say, you know, the the teacher has a, a room full of 30 kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And and she's not with them all the time. So, you know. This is how the testing is a way that she can know what they know and be able to report it, like prove it, right? But at at home, we're living with them, so we can see them using new words. We can see them, like you said, reading this little snippet. You're living with them. You see them in action. You can't miss it. You'd know, you have to be, I don't know, you'd have to be a pretty...
1: Terrible parent <laughs> to, to
0: miss that. I mean, it's
1: it's so well, yeah. clear. It's just all it's all right there in front of your face.
0: <sighs> yeah, and when if you you know to me, if I tried to test while I was you know living day to day with them, I think the message would be like, I don't see you. Like I'm not paying attention. No. You know, if if you're asking questions in a because you know what kids can pick up um, the motivation behind Mm. a question right if it's curiosity you know they're happy to answer that's a conversation with with, with our
1: friends with our adult friends same thing but
0: exactly but But if you've got like an expectation
1: to see if they know something that you think is important for them to know at this age which may not be important yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that's the other problem with with testing is that it it, uh, thinks that every child is on the same timetable and nothing could be further from the truth you know jason was um extremely extremely early talker and a late reader he he, he was all over the place you know and i, I was so glad I, when i look back and i, I see how uh, you know what his timetable looked like um and how that would have been um misunderstood in school you know i'm really yep. just so thankful that he wasn't there
0: yeah that's well, a great point the timetable as know. well because When that's a huge thing. When you can get rid of, um, release that expectation to follow. You know that. certain You know what your what your five year old should know. What your six year old should know. Right,
1: but um, the way because of the way schools are arranged.
0: Mm-hmm. And the way they're designed,
1: they pretty much are. They have to limited to to that, or you know, otherwise yeah. they, it would be bedlam. You know, to try to meet this this child's needs now and that child's needs. You know, it's you'd have to be I don't know you'd have to be John Holt maybe I know he was a, he must have been a terrific teacher, <laughs> but boy most most schools just well they don't get it in the first place they they really think that children have have to know certain things. They have to read by this age and they have to know arithmetic by this age. And, and, and it's just, it's a, such a shame because they eventually will do all those things. What difference does it make? This is another point I've tried to get in on and I maybe should write an article. It makes zero difference whether a child, let's say Jason it made zero difference. Whether Jason learned, um, learned colors, you know, when, when he did, mm-hmm. um, or yep. 10 years later, I mean, what difference does it make? Yeah. They're not, they're not in business yet. They're not, <laughs> there's, oh there's not, there's no reason why they have to know certain things by a certain age. Otherwise their whole life is going to be miserable. Um, there's plenty of time to learn anything that they don't know yet. And if they learn it when they're interested, you know, that's my, I think that's always my main point in, in, when I give unschooling talks, is that that Jason learned everything at the same moment that he was interested in that topic, at the same moment that he had that question, if he was lucky enough to have um, someone around to answer. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and of now with the internet, he is that lucky, right? Um, <laughs> but you, child who learns things when they're interested. We'll never forget. He hasn't forgotten anything. He talks, he tells me things that he learned when he was a child, you know, Mm -hmm. he just, um, it's all just added on information. Whereas I, I don't know if I remember anything from my childhood,
0: when they're interested in it is when their brain is ready for that connection. That's when they're hungry yeah. for that piece of information. So that's when it's going to make the most sense and they're going to learn it. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. I yeah, it just said the brain makes room for it. Yeah. The brain is ready and making room for it and interested. And that's the point where it just comes in so smoothly and easily. And yeah. not only that, but it also respects the child's need if they he has a need for this information, why would we not meet that need?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. and, but teachers sometimes don't. They say, "Oh, that's next week's cha- you know that's next week's chapter." Um,
0: but yeah, that's what happens, know, you, and, and it's understandable though. But that's what happens when yeah. you have to put a system on top of those twelve years or exactly. whatever it is, right? Yeah. Is is you have to yeah. spread it out and have that expectation and move them along. So that's that's a need of the system. Yeah. But that's why with unschooling we're <laughs> moving away from that. Yeah. And then you can follow yeah. the child. And and yes, it's and unschooling, just unschooling. We so have so much the, we have that
1: available to us. Mm-hmm. We can uh, you know just pay, pay attention to their
0: needs and meet the needs and meet their needs exactly. Um, ooh, we're on question eight. Uh, you've written about one of the more challenging day-to-day questions that unschooling parents grapple with. When does guidance become manipulation? So on on occasion when I write about it, I kind of describe it sometimes as the dance of parenting or the dance of relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely doesn't have a one-size-fits-all answer, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, I think that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. I think well. I have, children are very adept at hearing our hidden messages, regardless of how carefully we phrase it. When we tell a child that a certain activity is required, we imply that it must be so unpleasant or difficult he would never want to do it. No one has ever required a child to eat ice cream. <laughs> you know, so when we <laughs> make a suggestion, I mean, it's, 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 it's not that we should never make suggestions. It's that we should never anticipate or expect a particular response. Mm-hmm. You know, or be disappointed. If we're just sharing something that we find interesting or that we think they might find interesting, uh, we do that with our friends, too. Yeah. You know, hey, I just saw this movie that I really think you'd like. It's right up your alley. You know, that's the kind of that's fine. That's that's terrific. Um, it's, it kind so of I goes back to is, trust, though, end, doesn't it? The, uh, when does guidance become manipulation is when it becomes threatening, you know, mm-hmm. Um when, when the child thinks he has to do a certain thing you know your your friend isn't going to think I have to see this movie now or I'll lose my friendship with her you
0: know <laughs> yeah. yeah we were talking about earlier yeah. about how kids can can sense yeah. those expectations behind can't they yeah right so yeah, yeah. To, to trust that. It's totally okay yeah. to say no or to yeah. say, you know, that's cool and to- and totally move on. But when we start to have right, expectations exactly. behind it, and we start, you know, yeah. trying to um, maybe even not like outright or verbally, but trying to again manipulate them into a certain response, right? Then yeah, yeah. definitely that's how exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. Right. Very cool. Uh, Question number nine. What did you find to be the most challenging aspect of unschooling?
1: <laughs> my, Jason, I had Jason read the questions to me uh-huh. um, a few days ago. And he, he got to that one, and I just laughed. <laughs> at my mother. My mother. And that <laughs> because she was the exact opposite. She believed 100% in schools, and I mean, she was a very, very old school. Um, she. We, we, we have a funny um, generation gap in our family because my mom turned 40 um, when she had me and I turned 38 when I had Jason. So she's from a very much earlier uh, era mm-hmm. um, where school was never questioned. Yeah. And, and so, so um, all of the attachment parenting things we were doing, um, and, you know, child-led weaning and co-sleeping, and unschooling were very, very hard for her to grasp, and she was really worried, genuinely worried because she was that's not how she was raised. she was raised the exact opposite um, and so so she had to she um, it, it took a long time for her to come to um, accept the fact that we were doing all these things and um, but it, it's funny um <laughs> I was I, I joked once that when my book The Natural Child, I really should have dedicated it to her, mm-hmm. because a lot of those articles were actually long letters that I wrote to her, uh, to explain what we were doing and why. Well,
0: that's interesting. I was going to ask. So, what <laughs> Just, did you do? <laughs> we were two thousand
1: miles. You know, we were three thousand miles apart, and uh-huh. uh, and so I couldn't pick up the phone, but I would write these long letters, and and a number of those letters became articles. So. Um, So really she did me a great um, service um, because her skepticism and her um, judgment, um, you know, that really triggered a lot of, um, it forced me to really think about what I'm doing and and why and try to explain it to someone who didn't get it Um, was really actually very helpful to me that way. And then what happened is by the time Jason was, I'd say three or four, um, a lot of her criticism died down because she could see the proof was in the pudding. Mm-hmm. She could see what a sweet, wonderful kid he was. He was always wanting to help her, always wanting to, you know, so, so always smiling and obviously very bright and, you know, so so it was the proof is in the pudding. There you there you go. There there he is, mom. What do you think? You know, did we do the right thing or not? You know, mm-hmm. so so she she never admitted that, but she but it was clear from. From the fact that her criticisms you know became less and less over the years, yeah um yeah, that you know, and finally, I think they're probably well. very minimal by the time he was like ten, you know? <laughs> <So> <laughs> uh, see my to, eldest you know,
0: was ten, well, nine, almost ten when we started, so it 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 also yeah. took a few years, but uh, again, you know, once they just spent some time with them as they got older they they came to yeah. see. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, just, just, yeah. And you know, because hmm, they didn't ask me too, too many questions, and um, I didn't. When we would visit and stuff, I, I wouldn't in, invite criticism. I wouldn't, you know, act like I wouldn't ask them questions. For one, you know. Yeah. Say, oh, I'm getting annoyed about this or this or, or whatever, you know, parenting or anything. Because I knew, of course, that's the perspective that they're bringing. And their answer would always be, well, school. They should be in school then. <laughs>
1: you of know. Yeah. But
0: once they, you know, got to know them as, as the kids got older and um, got to know them just through doing things with them or seeing them doing things. Um, out and about, then, yeah, like you said, the proof is in the pudding. They started to understand um, mm-hmm. what what was going on and why that was um, yeah. such a wonderful environment for them to grow up in. Yeah. Right? This is
1: a, such a beautiful rose. You must have done the right
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want that fertilizer. <laughs> Right, <laughs> uh, and our last question, and this is the same. I, I asked this question of all my ten questions guests. Looking back, mm-hmm. what has been the most valuable outcome from choosing unschooling for you? <laughs> the most
1: valuable outcome for choosing, just to look at Jason and and know that he's um, he's a happy, a uh, very secure. Um. Uh, he's he's amazing i mean he, he, if something goes wrong he always sees the humor right away i see the humor you know 6 months later yeah uh, he <laughs> he sees it instantly and so he he's always really quick with um a, a cute little jo- you know he jokes about things um in a very kind way and 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 very um helpful way mm-hmm. that that you know helps me to See that I was taking something too seriously, or that something really isn't as dire as I had thought, or you know uh, keeps me in perspective because he has such an incredible perspective on life and on and 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 every way i mean every um, every interaction that he has with with people is just um, just so i don 't know what the word is so appropriate and and kind um
0: I love that point, yeah, mm -hmm. of the perspective, because you know what, when I I think of that, it's so true, right, and I, like, I always say I'm, I learn from my kids, and, and it's still true, you know, mine are all, mine are age 20 and up now too, my three, and still, I learn from them in, like you said, how to approach situations, their, their perspective, um, An ability to um, roll with the situation, maybe is that the way yeah. to put it, is just is, is just ama- amazingly fun to watch. And so, yeah, when I start getting so cut off, so in-
1: yeah, and it's so important to stay calm mm-hmm. um, in difficult times because anybody can stay calm in good times. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's how we treat um, ourselves and each other um, when things aren't going so well. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to learn that, you
0: know, and, and I've got this uh, wonderful teacher right here. Exactly. Right. I just, I, I like you said, I love chatting with them. I love being with them, hanging out with them. They're, they're fun. They have, they have such a fresh perspective on, on so many things like in the moment, mm-hmm. but also in, in the world and in information mm-hmm. and just how they creatively have built their unique picture of the world their their picture and view of the world is is so fascinating isn't it to just hear them yeah. talk about something and share the connections and what they see and what they take from things it's just so interesting <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, all of that went into this uh, article, I want to mention it again, uh, Creating Mm -hmm. a Peaceful World Mm -hmm. Through Parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, He and I spent, I think, several months um, going over every sentence with a fine-tooth comb. We didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We didn't want um, to—we just wanted to be heard, you know, Mm -hmm. and -hmm. uh, and clear. Um, And this is, you know, all the things that we— I mean if we had only one article on our website it would be that one to show people how how can we have peace in the world and it all comes down to the early years and the way we treat children.
0: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And and and, beautiful- that, and and and
1: and when we when we worked on that we went over every sense you know so thoroughly and I and it was beautiful to see his take on these things and 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 his ideas and how to how to get this across better and how to see how clearly he understands all of these concepts which is beautiful
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome and i will definitely make sure that that link is top of the show notes for people to check okay, out Okay, thank you <laughs> no problem and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today Jen. it was so fun to oh, finally get to talk to you yes <laughs> taken us some years. (laughs) Yes, a few years. But before we go, now that I have the podcast, I get to go and uh, chat with all these people that I have read for years, and it's just such an honor on my part. So I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me. Sure. And before we go, where's the best place for people to connect with you online?
1: Okay. Well, it's naturalchild.org is our website, Mm -hmm. and um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, and it's facebook.com natural child project, all uh, one word.
0: Excellent. Cool.
1: I will share Can those. I put, I usually, our website is um, updated about once a month. The mm-hmm. Facebook page I update almost every morning. Okay. Um, I add something in there.
0: So. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jan. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to pick up your free copy of my book, What is Unschooling? In it, we'll explore some of the common questions people have when they first hear about unschooling. Like, how will my child learn? How do I know they're learning? What is deschooling, And how do I get started? It's also available at many online ebook retailers. And if you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Facebook at Living Joyfully. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.